How do you react when shit hits the fan? How do you weather storms in your industry? Today, we're going to dive into the topic of surviving a tough sales quarter, a freaking global pandemic, or technological changes or advances that threaten your product, services, and business. We're here to help you push through it all and come out on top like the young boss you are. You're smart, you're motivated, you want to do something big. You're on the verge of being a young boss and we're going to help you get there. I'm your host, Isabel Garino, and welcome to the Young Boss Podcast, where youth is your power. Let's get real for a minute. No matter how hard you try, you literally cannot control everything. And honestly, you can't even control most things, right? You can't control the attitude of your employees. You can't control the stock market. You can't control property taxes. You can't control much. But let's chat a little bit about what you can control. You can control how much you give an F about the things you can't control. How's that, right? One of my favorite books, and it's cliche, but I recommend it to everybody. And there's a reason that everybody talks about this book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, right? By my man, Mark Manson. And seriously, if you have not got yourself a copy, send me your address. I will literally ship you one because I think it will change your life. It's a great book. And I think they've even made it into like a little movie, but in the book, right? Mark talks about why caring too much about one thing or caring about too many things can be the downfall of our sanity, right? The downfall of our relationships and sometimes even our businesses, We all know that business success relies on relationships. So if those are falling apart, our business will be too. Mark teaches us to be selective about the things that we give an F about and the things that we don't. Okay. So you'll learn to prioritize things that matter and how to actually identify those things. So you can start giving an F about things that do matter, things that influence you and your life. I know when I read the book, when I watched the movie, it started to really make things make sense to me. Like if I care about every single tiny thing that's happening, then actually nothing matters. So you have to choose the things that do matter and then put your energy into that. But it can't just be all one thing either because that's not going to work either, right? A lot of times in business, people think that you have to go obsessive. You have to go crazy, give up absolutely everything, right? And just go so hard into it and not care about anything or anyone, but just do this one thing to be successful. But that's always not true. First of all, that's not healthy, right? I know that you guys probably saw when Jokic won, right? And he was doing all those little interviews, basically being like, I want to get back home to my horses. I want to get back home to my family. And he wasn't caring about the parade or winning the tournament and everything like that. And I thought that was so funny, but it's an exact reality of if you only care about basketball when you're an NBA star, that's all that you care about. It's actually not good. It's not healthy. He has other things in his life that excite him, that bring him joy, that bring him happiness. And although those interviews were really funny, I thought it was a really great perspective to have. And people were teasing him, but I was like, no, that's good. It's not the end all be all. His family also matters. His horses and other hobbies also matter, right? Those interviews were freaking hilarious. So if you didn't catch them, you have to go watch them. But I think that was just a really good example of like what not giving enough actually looks like. And let's be real. Again, it's okay to care about some things more than others. The art of not giving an F is kind of like the art of knowing what to give an F about, how much and when. It's really a beautiful concept. 
As a young boss, a CEO, a company owner, you must always be thinking 10 steps ahead. You always need to be thinking about what happens if your digital ad platforms go away or switch up or your ads stop. What happens if travel completely stops? <laughs> we all had to deal with that at one point, right? And people can't come to you to come see you. And if you're an in-person business, that's going to affect you, right? How are you now going to get to your customers? What happens if we all switch to EVs and no one uses your product anymore? You have to think ahead when it comes to weathering the shit storm that may or may not happen. These are some keys to success. Step one, predict the future. There's this guy I follow on TikTok that said the number one business trait that every CEO should have is predicting the future. Now, obviously we know predicting the future is impossible, right? Unless you're like some sort of psychic or medium, but you need to be practicing that skill as a business owner. You need to be thinking 10 steps ahead. What if, or when you hear something, dig more into it. How could this affect me? You need to be thinking about those threats all the time. There is no always or never scenario, literally, right? Because remember, there is so much that we can't control. However, you have to think about that and go hard into planning for scenario B, C, D, right? And even sometimes E, F, and G, right? We can't just let it go and only be planning and banking on scenario A and maybe some energy towards B, we really have to go down all those paths without driving yourself crazy. Okay. But you have to do it as a business owner, just like other components of running a successful business. Future thinking isn't something that starts when it's the fan. It's something you need to always be doing. I know it's impossible, but you have to predict the future. Sometimes my team gets into the weeds on this and we'll spend 30 minutes talking about a what if scenario. And once I feel that I have a steady handle on the what if and what we would do if X, Y, Z happened, then I shut it down. Like, Hey guys, this hasn't happened yet. And 90% of what we worry about never actually does happen. So let's put a pin in it and return to this combo if, and when it ever does happen. Yeah. And I think that helps calm everybody because it's like, Hey, we went down this path. We went down this rabbit hole. We talked about all the what ifs. I got the collection of information I needed from everybody involved. I have my ABCD. Okay, let's stop and move forward because it didn't happen yet. So we don't want to just be wasting time going down a million and one rabbit holes. But regardless, you as the boss, you must think, worry, plan, and attempt to predict the future. I mean, who doesn't want a future-proof business, right? Like you always want something that's going to be able to work into the future and you might as well get started right now so you and your team don't find yourself unprepared in the weeds trying to emerge out of a storm, right? You'll instantly regret not having spent that time thinking ahead. If you don't have a team you can rely on to have those conversations, then you have to do it yourself. And so whether you're doing it with someone or with a team, it's important that you do it regardless. Okay. Step two, we're going to have to communicate with all the stakeholders involved, your team, your clients, any partners that you may have. Everyone's got to be aligned so that if does hit the fan and more so if when it hits the fan, everyone's on the same page and can act swiftly. Communicating to your team about your plan A, B, C, D, etc., is vital. It's absolutely vital. If you think that you're worried, holy shit, 
Are you off base? Because your team and your partners are even more worried. They're thinking about what happens if they can't pay rent, student loans, car payments, and they go straight to the end of the world scenarios, okay? It's like I'm now moving back in with my mom or dad, right? They're freaking out with their spouse, maybe about being able to save enough money to provide for their family, send their kids to college. Your employees, those who have never led companies or started their own businesses, yeah, they're freaking out simply because they do not have a clue about what's going on. (laughs) So as a young boss, you need to communicate with them. They're looking for you to weather the storm and to keep up cutting the checks. So check this out. When you communicate with your team, be hot, honest, open, transparent. Someone taught me this and I was like, I love, love, love that. Okay. You must, must, must fill them in with honesty, transparency, and most of all, clarity. Okay. What is happening? What will happen? How are we working towards finding a solution? And how are we going to take care of you, our employees, our dear team members? Create an open dialogue with the team. Let them ask questions, right? Let them poke holes in your plan, collaborate with each other and express their feelings and concerns. It might look like cutting two thirds of your staff down to avoid shutting down for good and communicating. So that can be incredibly hard with all the W2 employees out there who have been on the short end of the stick. Trust me when I say how hard I know it is, but it's just equally as hard for us to let people go. It really is. We understand the struggle, the stress, and the worry, but budget cuts are real, right? Sometimes we fail a little bit and we have to pivot and it's not personal, it's business. And you can communicate that once the ship has been righted and you hope to welcome them back into their position if they want to return and you'll always keep the door open for people creating a welcoming environment for them. Check to see if they have any questions, and then that's that. Hey, future young bosses, if you're a sucker for valuable skills that will help you climb the career ladder and put you on your way to becoming a young boss, then you better subscribe right now and follow the Young Boss Podcast on Instagram or TikTok. Now, back to business. Now, I get it. Everyone's freaking out, but you were being honest. You were open. You led with vulnerability and transparency about the future of the company and what would happen if you didn't take action. And I think that that's the most important of all. When your employees know that you'll choose the business over yourself, that's actually what's the most important is that they know that you're going to make the right decision no matter kind of what happens, right? It's the business that's the most important at the end of the day. So you're not going to pay yourself these huge lump sum fees and screw them over. No, they'll be able to see everything, know everything, and know that you were being truthful, you were being honest, and you did everything it took. My first resolution always to any issue we have in the company is how can I cut my income to help support this? And most business owners are that way. I'm not, I'm not rare in that, right? But if you're not that type of business owner, you better believe your staff is going to feel a type of way when you start to take action or if you're not communicating in the hot manner. So make sure you stay open, honest, and transparent. Step three, take action. I wanted to say the final step was to move quickly, but the reality is when your heart and your mind are in alignment, it's easy to make decisions, right? It's also easy to move quickly and successful people make decisions quickly, not rashly, but quickly. And trust me, to win in business, to find success, you are going to have to move quickly. I want you to ask yourself, 
What is it pertaining to your business that you need to move quickly on? Is it product development? Do you need to shut down a branch, begin a company reorganization? Do you have to fire some people, closing out some contracts? Whatever it is, decide and make your move. Go for it quick. You don't have time to look back. You don't have time to overthink. You will be led to your demise if you hum and ha over this. Time is everything. Managing your time and making decisions quickly is critical to the survival of your business. They don't say time is money for nothing. Am I right? At the end of the day, when inevitably hits the fan, stay calm. Now, I know it sounds stupid, but seriously, you need to stay calm. Every business owner that I've ever met has told me a story about a massive failure in their career and how they could have avoided even more disaster had they just stayed calm. Now, the business owners would never put it that way, but that's the truth, right? Times of failure are opportunities to learn a lesson, to find personal growth. Everything must come to an end. So you'll get through this time. You'll get the off the fan. (laughs) Just whatever you do, find those who support you. Lean into your community and take care of yourself. Get rest, eat well, stay active. Beware of the easy way out. You know what I'm talking about, the drugs, the booze, the infidelity, the lack of sleep, the lack of food. Take care of yourself and remember to breathe. Your business is your baby, and if starts to go wrong or starts to fail, you start to feel real personal about it, and a lot of people lose their health, lose their motivation in those moments. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. We all do what we got to do in order to survive, but we know at the end of the day, business is business. Business is not life, and that's rich coming from me. Let's talk about how to move forward after we've weathered the storm. We've cleaned the shit off the fan, and I don't know about you, but at this point, I'm feeling good about myself and my business. We've stayed calm. We've made informed decisions quickly. We've communicated with our shareholders effectively. We've been hot, honest, open, transparent, and we've managed to find the light at the end of the tunnel. Let's talk about finding confidence and silver linings on the other side of chaos. You know, I remember when COVID happened and we are predominantly a business that throws in-person events and we had to completely pivot, right? People were no longer traveling in an airplane. The hotels were setting a whole bunch of stipulations that we may or may not be allowed to have X amount of people there. It was just chaos, right? And so we had to decide what are we going to do? We can't just shut down for God knows how long. And we completely pivoted. We turned our events to online events, just like many companies did, but our first time doing that, right? Our first time switching to a Zoom training instead of a live training, we sold a million (laughs) dollars. Now, to me, that meant everything because it wasn't about us just successfully doing it. It was about the proof of concept. Not only can we still sell, but we can still make them feel like they're becoming a part of the RAL family without being there in person with them. And that was our biggest goal. We were like, we don't care if we sell one or a hundred of these products. All we want to do is let the real truth come across the screen and let them feel our hearts and let them know our stories. So It meant a lot to us. And as soon as we were allowed to come back in person, we did. And we kind of slowly teetered off of those, you know, virtual events. And now we're happy to have everybody back in person. And here's the thing. Yeah, we save a lot of money doing virtual events. And a lot of companies kept doing that because they realized that, oh my God, to throw an in-person event could be tens of thousands of dollars and doing it online virtually costs nothing. So they were like, oh, we're going to save more money. We're going to make more money. But for us, 
we knew that one of the most important things was that family aspect, that connection, that meet and greet, that when I get to hug you after you tell me the story about your mom or your grandma or whatever reason you want to join this industry. And to be frank, we miss those hugs. We missed being in person. And so we wanted to come back, even though it costs us more, even though we make less, it was so important for us to be back there in person, connecting with real people, because that's how we like to run our business. So even though we innovated and I was so proud of that and found confidence that we can translate things in a different way, I also realized in a teaching moment that that's not who we were to a core. So we can bounce back. And I think that that's really important to go with what you need to go with and then make those decisions. If finance is the most important thing to you guys, then do the thing that's saving you the most money. But if connecting with the customers is the most important thing, then go back to what makes you connect with them. So being able to shift, being able to pivot is so important. I know I talk to a lot of my friends about what it looks like to bounce back from a storm. Like if their business had to take a huge hit and they had to fire a bunch of people or they had to cut back on the amount of product, you know, maybe they had 20 things that they sell and now they're down to selling their top three items. Right. And that can be really really tricky. Not only does it feel like a personal failure, it's obviously feeling like a business failure. And then when you run your own business, a lot of times you feel really connected to your employees and having to fire people sucks, right? Now you can always, you know, we talked about it earlier, say, Hey, I'd love to have you back in the future, but you don't know what the future is going to look like. You're trying to predict, you've got your plans and you're trying to make it happen, but you don't really know what's going to happen. The ability to pivot is so key. So being able to bounce back from a storm is being able to get punched in the face, get back up and keep going and keep going. Also, I'm going to say this, it's knowing when to stop. Sometimes your business just will not carry on the way Blockbuster is right now, right? There's one store left. I'm pretty sure there's one store left. At least last time I saw that little documentary on them, there was one store left they're not going to be able to carry on because first of all, no one has VHS things anymore, right? We don't, we, we don't even have the products to do that. They cannot carry on as is. They need to know when to let it go. It's just a store of relics at this point, right? Now, if they said, we're going to pivot, we're going to make a comeback, we're going to switch to, you know, a streaming service or whatever it is, they would be able to make it out, but you have to know when to quit. So when you're coming back from a storm, you need to really decide, is this a reinvention of who you are? Is this a complete shutdown? Is this a huge pivot? And you're going to look and feel entirely different, right? And you may not be able to hire the same people because you may need different things. The person who could rent the VHSs out in the physical store may not be the same person who can help you with streaming right? That could be a totally different skill set. So don't promise everyone the world, but if their job is still available, which it may not be, you could always promise to rehire them in that case, but just be cautious with your words during this time. Your entire team is hanging on to every single word that you say. So when you're ready to rehire, or when you're ready to bring things back, just be cautious and also know the people who stayed with you during that storm. When my dad passed, we weren't sure how we were going to reinvent ourselves. The team who stayed with us, the team who was there and bared the storm and was willing to deal with all of the stuff that we had to go through. Like I wanted to honor them. I wanted to give them, and it wasn't just extra income, but extra love, extra attention, extra, whatever they wanted and needed because they were there during the storm. So it's one thing to talk about rehiring people back. It's another thing to talk about honoring the people who stuck with you because 
it's really scary when you're working for a business that you see that they're starting to shut down and you stick around, right? You're putting a lot of energy and time into this business. And many times when businesses shut down or consolidate, one person ends up doing like five or six jobs. My friend Sarah just told me that she's working for um, Homie and they're like practically shutting down, right? And so she's doing like 10 people's job because they fired everybody. And it's like, and she's getting paid the same. Well, if they reinvent, if they come back, they need to show her some love (laughs) because she has been going crazy, working so hard for them to try to keep them afloat, to try to do whatever they can to make it work. And so be mindful of that and really love on your people because it's not easy to go through a storm for you as the boss, but your employees, right? It's really not easy. When it comes to weathering a storm in business, make sure that when you start the business or at least right now, sit down, think, plan, take time to realize what could happen if, what are the threats? What are the weaknesses? Where could you be affected? Communicate with your team. Let them know right now that you have been thinking about this and you have plans for what if XYZ happens. Talk to your team, talk to your clients, talk to your partners. And when it's time and you need to take action, take action and do it quickly. But remember to stay calm. Okay. Everyone's looking at you, everyone's leaning on you. So through this season, as you get through it and deep breath, you will get through it. You're going to gain so much confidence from going through a season like this. It will change you as a business owner for sure. I want to provide you some encouragement and just tell you to keep grinding, keep moving forward, right? Not everything is going to be rainbows and cherries every single day for the rest of our lives. There's going to be high times and low times. Those are the phases of business. So it's important that you know what you're looking for. It's important that you know what to do and that you're thinking ahead and you're prepared. After all, you're the boss. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Boss Podcast with me, Isabel Garino. Be sure to like, share, and follow on Instagram and TikTok and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And this episode idea was brought to me by one of our listeners. So if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, let me know, drop a comment, DM me. What should we be talking about next? Remember, youth is your power.